Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn our attention primarily to one verse recorded in our gospel lesson, and as we go, we'll be reminded of some application points that we heard in our second lesson from the Apostle Paul. We'll just reread that one verse, Luke chapter 11, verse 17. But he, Jesus, knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is destroyed, and a house divided against itself falls. Praying, sanctify us to the truth, O Lord, your word is truth. Amen. <clears throat> Friends in Christ, everyone knows the truth of what Jesus said a house divided, a sports team divided, a family divided, a congregation, a nation divided against itself is in big trouble. The sports team is divided against its coach or against its fellow players. They don't like what the coach is saying. They don't think the other players are committed to the team. No matter how talented those players are, they're not going to be successful. A family that's divided over how to manage the finances or the religious training of the children is going to be in trouble. Children, at the very least, will be confused about religion, maybe even turned completely against it. Congregation that's not focused, that's divided about what his purpose is, the purpose that Jesus gave to make disciples by using the means of grace and to train the disciples with those same means of grace, they're not going to be very successful in carrying out the mission that Jesus has given nation that can't find something that the majority can rally around and focus on and be united about, it's not going to be a very successful or prosperous nation. Jesus cast out a demon that was causing a man to be unable to speak. And afterwards, some from the crowd, most likely Jewish leaders, accused him of doing that by the power of Satan himself. Beelzebul, they said, that the chief of demons is in you, and that's why you're able to do this. I have noticed that they didn't say there's no such thing as demons, they didn't say there's no such thing as exorcism, and they didn't say, Jesus, you didn't do an exorcism here. That was all obvious. The man before was able to speak. Jesus commanded the demon to leave, and then he could speak. What they were denying is what that miraculous sign clearly showed. Jesus is who he claims to be. True God, true man, the Savior, the Messiah. Jesus responded by pointing out to them how foolish their accusation was. Their accusation showed that they weren't really taking Satan very seriously. They weren't understanding his full power. Satan is not divided. He's not going to work against himself or against his demons. He and his demons are totally 100% focused on their objective. The Apostle John tells us what that is in Revelation. It says, Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. 
He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. When he wasn't able to devour Jesus as he was born, we're told that he was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. And Peter warns us, your enemy, the devil, is like a prowling lion walking about looking for someone to devour. Satan is not divided. He is intently focused on accomplishing his mission, getting as many people as he possibly can to spend eternity in the fires of hell with him. Is that a little scary? Should be. Peter says, it should make us sober, always having our wits about us. It should make us vigilant, always watching and praying so that we don't fall prey to the devil's schemes and the devil's lies. And one of the things that he likes to do most is to cause division. Cause division in a family. Cause division in a congregation so that they're distracted by petty arguments about things. Distracted from their mission. Focused on tradition as opposed to doctrine. Focused on when or where to have coffee or the color of the carpet or whatever it can be that he can use to divide people. Because then he wins. And if he can get us to be convinced that he's no big deal. We don't even really need to talk about him. And he wins. Satan is not divided. Jesus says he is a strong man, fully armed, guarding his house. He was fighting Jesus. Didn't want that demon to be driven out. He's a strong man guarding his house. He wants to keep his possessions. He wants to keep all of those, us, who were born dead in trespasses and sin as his possession. He wants to keep us with him forever. We heard on the first Sunday of Lent how he pulled out all the stops with Jesus, right? Waited until he was really hungry, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Pulled all the stops in his temptations of Jesus. But we also heard the result. Jesus won. Satan was defeated. He had to leave Jesus, at least for a while. Jesus says he is the stronger one. The one who's stronger than the strong man. Jesus and his demons are fighting against Jesus, but Jesus overcomes them. He's the stronger man. He's the one who comes in and, and defeats the devil, ties him up so that he can set free those who are held captive by Satan. Jesus' point to those who are accusing him of casting out demons by Satan is, no, the only way that anyone, the only way that I can cast out a demon is if I'm stronger than the devil. I've defeated him. So who was divided? It wasn't Jesus, it wasn't Satan. His accusers, the people in the crowds, 
We're told many times in the Bible they were divided about Jesus, weren't they? They, they kept arguing. Some were saying, as they did here, well, he's really the one that's possessed by a demon and doing things by the power of the devil. And others were saying, well, he's an incarnation, reincarnation of the great prophet Elijah or John the Baptist raised from the dead or he's a great prophet and a miracle worker, but that's it. And then others, of course, like Peter, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. People were divided about Jesus. And the division meant that they were in trouble. Jesus warned them. He said, the one who is not with me is against me. The one who does not gather with me scatters. You can't be neutral when it comes to Jesus. You're either with him or you're against him. Those who try to remain neutral, Jesus says, about him, are like that empty house. They're trying to have an empty heart. And Satan is wandering around looking for that empty place. One that's not filled with faith in Jesus. And if he finds one, Jesus says he brings seven others with him that are worse than him. And make sure it's filled. You see, our heart is going to be filled. It can't stay empty. It's either going to be filled with faith in the one true God and Jesus as the Savior, or it's going to be filled with idolatry. No other choice. Our world is filled with people who are trying to be neutral about Jesus. You meet them every day, don't you? But Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me. And in fact, all of us are against Jesus by nature, by birth, aren't we? We're born dead in trespasses and sin. We're born with darkness in our heart. We're born slaves of Satan. And once the Holy Spirit brings us to faith through the gospel, through baptism, we're still doing battle every day with Satan, with our sinful nature. Our sinful nature loves to go along with Satan's lie that says that freedom means being free to participate in some of those things that the Apostle Paul talked about. Obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, coveting, immorality. When in fact, Paul says those things are actually idolatry. It's making ourselves God. It leads to eternal slavery, eternal suffering with Satan and his demons. You can't serve both God and your sinful nature. You can't unite with the sinful actions of the world, Paul says, and stay united with Jesus. You can't say, as someone have said actually on TV, about oh, Christianity, that's what I do on Sunday. The rest of the week, that's fine. I can do what I want. Whoever's not for me is against me. By God's grace, Jesus has caused his light to shine into that darkness that was there by birth in our hearts. Through our baptism, through the good news of the gospel, the Holy Spirit has enlightened us, enabling us to see the truth. The truth is, Jesus is the one who's stronger than the strong man. He's the one who has defeated Satan for us. He came to destroy the devil's work, to set those, set us who were held captive by the devil free. The truth is that Jesus cast out the demon by his own power because he had already and was working to defeat Satan in his power. 
tying him up, taking those who were his captives as plunder, setting them free. The fact that Jesus rose again from the dead on the third day, and Peter says, he went and preached to the spirits, proclaimed his victory to Satan and his demons, proves that he accomplished his mission. The devil's work is defeated. Satan is now powerless in Jesus. His accusations against us before the Father fall on deaf ears because Jesus is always there interceding for us, always pointing to his perfect life and his suffering and death in our place, that our sins are forgiven. Through his word, Jesus gives us the power to recognize Satan's lies. Tell him to go away. And he has to listen because Jesus defeated him. By God's grace, Jesus continues to shine the light of truth into our hearts as we walk every day in his word and live out our lives. Every time we're reminded of our baptism, we're reminded of the fact that he has purchased and won us from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death in our place. So Paul says that being reminded of what he has done for us moves us to walk in love, to offer ourselves as sacrifices, wholly devoted to Jesus, walking as children of light in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. While Jesus was speaking about Satan and his power and warning about being divided, Warning that if you're not for Jesus, if you don't trust in him as their savior, you're against him. A woman in the crowd recognized that he was speaking the truth. And she spoke up. She raised her voice and said, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breasts at which you nursed. Who wouldn't have wanted to be the mother of Jesus? A special person that God chose to be the one through whom the Savior of the world was born. To be the one that raised a perfect child. Who can imagine that? Perfect child. A child who at the age of 12 was in the temple, amazing the great teachers of the nation of Israel with his knowledge and understanding of the scripture. What a blessing. Who wouldn't have wanted to be Mary, the mother of Jesus? But Jesus says there's something even better than being the mother of Jesus. He said, even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Satan's looking for that empty house, that empty heart. A heart that is trying to remain neutral about Jesus. He's looking for a house a heart that's been clean and arranged and set up but empty because someone's maybe just trying to be a good person, to be moral, to be a contributor to society, but there's no faith in Jesus there. He's looking for that empty heart because those are the ones that he can bring into slavery. Those are the ones that he can control. Those are the ones he can rule. But those who hear the word of God and who read and study it daily, Jesus says, are blessed. Because God promises that the Holy Spirit is working in their hearts. 
those who hear the word, meditate on it, who think about what it means, who think about how does this apply to me, not all those people over there, but how does this apply to me, and then who see their sins and confess their sins and run to Jesus for forgiveness, they are blessed. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in their hearts. The Holy Spirit is increasing, causing their faith to grow. As they're reminded of their baptism every day. And that sinful nature pops its head up out of the water, they stick it back down. Drown that old lamp by daily contrition and repentance. Those who hear the word of God and keep it are blessed because they have the most powerful weapon there is against Satan. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Satan's not divided. He and his demons are 100% focused on their objective. Trying to get you and me and as many as possible to spend eternity with them separated from God. But with Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. Jesus has defeated the devil for you. As you regularly hear the word of God and take it to heart, you are blessed. The Holy Spirit is at work in your heart to protect you from every attack of Satan and every evil spirit. As you hear the word of God and work to, to apply it to yourself every day, you are motivated to grow in faith, to walk in love, to bring forth the fruit of the light, which consists in goodness, righteousness, 